Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Hello there. You're listening to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin, and today my guest is someone really wonderful. His name is David Trot, and he's from Maryland, USA. Well, actually, he's been all over the states. And um, his title—oh, actually, you know what? I should have said Dr. David Trot retired though, and、um, he is actually the owner and solopreneur of Da Pu Fishing Lures Limited. So yeah, it's very interesting, right? Just listening to that. But、um, let's meet David first. Hi, David. Hello. Yes. First of all,、um, before we start talking about all your interest and all the things that you can really talk about,、um, just why are you in Taiwan? Well, actually, I, I came to Taiwan for my daughter. I、um, was working in the United States at a full-time teaching job at a good university in Austin, Texas. And、uh, when my daughter reached the age of five, I I looked at her and I looked at all the other ABC kids in our community because we were a very close mixed community, and I realized that uh, uh, if we stayed in the states, the likelihood would be maybe fifty-fifty that my daughter will retain her Chinese speaking ability with my my、uh, my wife and my、uh, my mother-in-law, or she might feel different and kind of push it away. Uh, I, I saw that many ABC kids, and also that、uh, probably she wouldn't learn the Chinese writing. That was part of the reason. The other reason was that my wife's family was is, still is here in Taipei.、Uh, my siblings are older siblings, and、uh, their their uh, uh, children、um, would be my daughter's cousins. But the age difference is generational, twenty or thirty years. On the other hand, here in Taipei. My wife's、uh, nieces are of the same age group as my daughter,、oh. so thinking long into the future, I wanted my daughter to have a family、uh, anchor, a network of, you know, a family, which she really wouldn't have in the states with 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 my family so spread out. And you know, here in Taiwan, a lot of three generational families are very tight, so that was very significant. Reason for why, and they also I saw that that this century is probably going to be influenced significantly by Chinese commerce and Chinese culture. So I wanted my daughter to be truly bilingual and bicultural、uh, with English and in Chinese, so that even if she didn't pursue an education beyond high school, she would have the skill set to put food on the table,、mm. and she'd have a family network that she could she could connect with. So. I gave up my teaching job in the states to come to Taiwan for that reason. Oh wow! Wait, so how old is your daughter now? She's eighteen. She turned eighteen last month. I see. I see. And、okay. she's in the states right now. Oh, going for, for、uh, college at Purdue University.、Yeah. Oh, okay. But is she going to come back to Taiwan?、Uh, she will probably come back in the summer times. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There are a lot of Taiwanese students at Purdue. In fact, there are eight. Of her classmates,、mm. uh, who are、uh, are now attending Purdue, so she has a good support network there, and、um, she also does modeling in the and she's in demand here in, in Taiwan if she comes back、oh. to do some modeling. Oh,、okay. uh, in the summertime. Oh, all right. So anyway, um, you're retired now, but actually you were、uh, teaching at Minchuan University, which is just walking distance from、yeah. RTI.、Mm-hmm. And what was you? What were you teaching? I was teaching in the uh, uh, international business program. And as I, I mentioned uh,、um, earlier, uh, my background really has uh, uh, academically has nothing to do with business. I did not come up in the business programs. I came into the business programs when I 
finished my Ph.D. in adult education and HRD, human resource development training, and that brought me in at the corporate level for the training. So I, the courses that I would teach in the business program are the, all the soft courses, they say, <laughs> organizational behavior, training oh, and development, okay. uh, uh, business writing, uh, uh, global leadership was a big one. Uh, also, uh, I taught for many years spirituality and work, very unique uh, oh, class. Interesting and um, uh-huh. uh, for many years, I also taught uh, creativity, innovation, and change, which is all of the subjects are perfect fit for me, particularly the creative one. Yeah, let's get to this creative part about you. Um, at, um, okay, David is actually like 185 centimeters tall, and he's got gray hair and everything, but you would never think that he's so active. For one thing, you said you like the outdoors more so than indoors anyway. So what's the first thing you want to talk about? I guess it would be the fishing lures. Well, first first of all, you like fishing, and you're one who is into environmental kind of fishing, which is, what do you call it, catch and release? Catch and release, yes. Yeah. Is that big here in Taiwan? Uh, I, um, I think it's mixed. I think... Uh, the anglers who fish along the shore, I think, are catch and cook, or they'll catch, keep, and cook, and they take the fish home, and they'll, uh, they'll cook it, prepare it. The anglers that I see who are using the traditional method of sitting with a, with a cane pole, oftentimes they are also uh, catch, keep, and cook. They'll uh-huh. take this home. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the anglers with the lure fishing, that I um, that's the community I'm involved with, yeah. it's catch and release. They catch take a photograph, and release it back into the environment. Oh, wow. Okay. That's amazing. Have you always liked fishing? I mean, ever ever since you were little? I mean, was (laughs) it your parents' influence or? Uh, I I remember the very first time I went fishing was with my father and my uncle. And How uh, old were you then? Four years old. Oh, okay. And we went to a pond on the uh, Quantico Marine Base where my uncle was stationed. Mm -hmm. And my father... And my uncle and I had a, uh, each had a fishing pole with a line with a little bobber floating on the water. Mm. My father was on my right-hand side. My uncle was on my left-hand side. We didn't fish for very long. But I remember when my, my bobber, a fish was nibbling, and my bobber was going up and down, up yeah. and down. My uncle said, quick, 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 set the line, yeah. pull. And I had no fish. Um. And then a minute later, my uncle... His bobber went up and down, up Uh, and down, uh, and under the water. He caught a fish. uh But here's what he told me. He said, while you were doing that and your fish got off, I sent the message down my fishing line to that fish to come over to my warm and bite (laughs) it. And then he just put in my head this, this, there's kind of a mystery. There's something under the water for anglers. That's a mystery. They can't see it. Mm -hmm. It might be the big fish of the day. It might be a special fish. It's 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 unknown. So fishing always to me had that sort of, uh, mystery, mystery about, about it. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you, you're so poetic as you describe this, you know. I mean, I can tell you're really into this, you know, this hobby of yours. Mm-hmm. Can I call it a hobby? Yeah, yeah, you can call it a hobby. Yeah. So, um, anyway, um, how's your fishing experience here in Taiwan? I mean, what's it been like? You do it by yourself, solo? Um, That's why you call yourself a solopreneur. Uh, the solopreneur part is mostly with the creation of of, of fishing Fish, lures from right. from uh, ocean trash. There's a lot of ocean trash here. Yeah, I know. But the fishing, uh, I usually um, will meet somebody or go with somebody. Oh, you would? Okay. Uh, yeah. But the background of, of that would be uh, before coming to Taiwan, I owned a canoe and used a canoe for almost 25 years. Wow. And I oftentimes go by myself mm-hmm. down rivers or go with uh, someone else in a canoe, overnight mm-hmm. camping trips down rivers for multiple days. Wow. And um, 
I always had my canoe on top of my my uh, my, my vehicle. It could be a, it was a truck or a van. Yeah. And uh, there's something sort of very peaceful going out before the sun comes up and being out on the water all by yourself. Yeah. And it's very very peaceful. Deer animals are still around. Mm. Beaver. Uh, moose, eagles, Ooh. very fascinating. Yeah. But when I came to Taiwan, mm. there's not really a community of canoeists. No. Not really. Are our, our freshwater kayaking or canoeing anywhere because the reservoirs are restricted so heavily. Yeah. And but so, you can still do fishing, right? But that's under a license, is it? No, there's no license. Oh. Um, and then the, so I realized it's going to be very different. And people who go recreational fishing can go to some of the rivers in some places. But many of the mountain streams and rivers are have, are still restricted, and that makes sense because what I was told, and I think it's true, that maybe a generation or two ago, uh, folks would go up in, into anything, throw out these cast nets into oh. the rivers and take up everything. Oh, no. So they really damaged the fish populations. Yeah. And so there are many protected areas, which I understand, um, around Taiwan, but there are little uh, other places to go fishing. Mm-hmm. Many of them are at, quote, pay ponds. It's just a pond that's stocked with fish. Oh, oh. And then you come you, you pay a certain fee, oh. 300 NT per day in fish. And to that's me that's not fun. That's not fun. <laughs> that's not very fun. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. I'm speaking with David Trot, a founder of Da Pu Fishing Lures. Does your wife like to fish with you? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. If it could be combined with something else, maybe uh, uh, with with uh, videography. Some of my friends, oh. they uh, have their own uh, YouTube pages and channels and Facebook pages. Yes. And they're great with their drone shots. And they're uh-huh. great with their fishing uh, shots. Yes. And so they, watching their videos is like, being right there with them, it's <laughs> that's more exciting. Yeah, but you're not into that. No, the, the videographing. No, I, no, I, I, yeah. I haven't done that yet. Yeah, well, you're a real, you know, fisherman. Wait, what do you call it? Angler. Angler. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Yeah. A real angler here. Oh, so anyway, um, talk about the these floats and how you got into, you know, the creative part about yeah, attracted to these floats and then. Expanding your creativity, thinking, and 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 making into something. Okay. Is this a business of yours now? You oh, it, it is now. Well, I actually the business part of this was finalized uh, uh, just uh, September twenty fourth to be exact. Okay. And then the the, the the bank process was finished, and so now it, uh, I will I'm setting up a web page so that people can order through the web page. Or um, I'll also do some selling eBay, uh, Shopify, Shopee, that sort of thing. But my market for this particular type of fishing lure is international. So I have to be have the capacity to do that legally, which I, I'm, I'm happy to do that. I was working on my on my logo, yes, yes the web page just yesterday. Oh, oh okay, okay. So I'm getting geared up for the first of the but year. But you're still a solopreneur on this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. How can you mass produce all the fish float? <laughs> well, it it's this particular fish float is, is kind of a niche. So I don't anticipate this is a... Yeah, so a, David brought in a whole box of um, like about four or five of these fish yeah. floats. And he's done some beautiful things to them. And um, it's... Oh, that is a beautiful one. This, <laughs> it's nice. This one is, you know, it's... Yeah, it's sort of like a, a pale green, almost like neon green color. Mm-hmm. And then and then you'd sit some shiny bling bling kind of design to it. Mm-hmm. But I love the the bottom part. Of course, this is totally new, so no wonder it's just so beautiful. Yeah, it is very nice. Yeah. So 
Um, and then um, you actually did another one that's more a Christmassy because mm-hmm. um, Christmas is coming up. Well, let me explain Christmas, how, yeah. how this occurred. When I came to Taiwan, I brought my fishing uh, equipment with me. Not the yeah. canoe, of course, <laughs> but yeah. I have everything else. Yeah. And one day when I was fishing in Yunling, I uh, was using one of my favorite lures, and this Toman snakehead fish took it. <laughs> uh. I thought, I need to replace that lure because yeah. it's really a good lure. Uh-huh. And uh, one of the, I, I'd already realized that the company that made that lure was already bought out by a bigger company and no longer produces that lure. So f- for the for past, oh, what was about six or seven years, I was imagining, because my imagination never stops, how can I make one of those lures and, and maybe sell some? Because I think it's a great lure. Uh, and then I was, I thought about maybe importing wooden blocks from Indonesia and turning them on a lathe. And it was too much work. Uh, I was with my wife and my mother-in-law on the northern shore of, of um, Taiwan, walking the dog along the beach. And I saw one of these blue floats yeah. that wash up on the shore by the by the hundreds of thousands on the night really oh, oh yes and i said it's wow marine trash marine trash ocean trash and i said that's perfect it's perfect that's it. that's it that's okay. it so i so i i started gathering these and i taught myself challenged myself to turn this piece of plastic ocean trash which is everywhere mm. into something beautiful beautiful and functional yeah. and it worked out really well so the target fish for this particular lure is called the giant peacock bass from Brazil, Venezuela, uh, Amazon River Basin, Orinoco River Basin. Uh, but any fish really is floats on top of the water. They'll hit a top water. So I, I, this is from my first set, my first batch. I mean, I just now finished making these. And I tell my friends, well, I'll buy one of these maybe. And, I'll give, and if you don't catch a fish... In a year, take the hooks off of it and put it on your Christmas tree. <laughs> right. For next week, I'll be talking more with David Trott about these fishing lures, as well as some other form of art that he is really into as well. You're going to want to hear this, so join me next week on In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. 